Welcome to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. If you're struggling to stay ahead of your daily life challenges, you will want to listen close as Eva and her guests will help you address the most important priorities first. Now, here's your host, Eva Medelec. Hello, everyone. I'm Eva Medelec, and welcome to today's show. You know, we hope to give you clarity on ways that you can improve your life and business by focusing on what's important to you. So my guest today is Alicia Curry, and Alicia will be sharing with us today all about audacious confidence and confident leadership. Now, she's an international speaker, author, actor, web show and podcast producer and host. And Alicia and her team use brain science to provide audacious solutions to nagging and persistent people problems that companies face clogging their revenue pipeline. Well, welcome to the show, Alicia. So happy to have you. Thank you, Eva. I am super excited to be here today. So give our audience a little bit of an idea about who you are. Who is Alicia Curry? So I am, first and foremost, a child of God, because I am a believer. I, I, I'm a little goofy, a little peculiar. But, you know, I have a passion for growth and personal development and learning more about myself and unpacking everything and unpacking other people. Um, I, I love movies. I love to write movies, watch movies, act in movies. And I have three amazing children, a husband of 32 years. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just really goofy. (laughs) 32 years that that stopped me in my track because you don't look much older than 35 even oh, thank you that much <laughs> I got so, married as an amoeba I got married yeah a, there a, you a, go a, there you go a zygote so, <laughs> so what's goofy about you <laughs> what's goofy about me my sense of humor my um uh I'm very eclectic in mm-hmm. in just what things that I'm attracted to. So when, when it comes to music, so goofiness to me is I'm silly. I'm ridiculous. I'm a lot of fun. Um, I will dance in the middle of the street for no reason. My children are mortified by me constantly. Well, that's your job as a mother. <laughs> I know. I, I always told my children that, you know, God put me on earth to embarrass you. To torture and embarrass <laughs> you. That's my duty. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So just just being off the cuff, sometimes doing something silly and and ridiculous. I love to laugh. I love to have fun. Oh, my God. Laughter is everything. So I am so with you on that. So let's talk a little bit about what problems you solve for people. Absolutely. So back to that curiosity, because I have a natural curiosity and I'm really passionate about um, personal development. So Usually all, all business problems of people pro- all, all start with people, right? And, and then it becomes profit problems because uh, of things that are happening in the organization that are run by people. And so the problems that I solve are uh, really linked to how is a person showing up every day in, in their work environment? Um, we look at mindset. 
So what is, what is the mindset that they're coming to work with? We do a lot of assessment uh, assessments on individuals because we want to know what is your type? What is your behavioral type? What is your cognitive type? Um, and then how are you not just individually showing up? Are you using those strengths or are you working against your strengths? And um, so things like conflict happen when there are different um strengths, cognitive strengths and behavioral strengths in the room, and they don't understand each other. They don't understand there's a gap in communication. So communication is one of the big, big things, uh, challenges that we we saw for, for people. Um, again, how you're showing up. Is someone disengaged? Are they um, always coming to work with a negative attitude and they're bringing everybody else down? So so let's dig into what is really happening in that environment that is uh, creating those issues around around um, people. So, you know, we we strive to like help you create a positive, productive, proactive culture that everyone takes a hundred percent ownership in in the result. So, what size companies do you tend to work with? So I have been working with smaller companies, but we are scaling now. We're in the process of growing so that we can so that we can bring on um, companies for up to a thousand workforce. Okay. So so we work with with smaller teams, but also now we have the potential to work for work with organizations, even if it's like a snippet or a piece of an organization. So it could be a larger organization, but let's say your, uh, your marketing um, department or this section of marketing needs some tweaking here and there, you know, because sometimes you don't always know what the problem is. <laughs> you just know that there is a problem and we can come in and, and really diagnose what's going on and, and find the gaps and find the solution. So we're looking at up to a thousand person teams, organizations that we can work with. So I, I hear you talk a lot about um, strength finding, um, you know, cog uh, cognitive issues. Cognitive. Mm -hmm. Cognitive. Uh, thank you for the correction. Uh, communication challenges. So tell me, because I may not be the only one not knowing, what do you mean by cognitive issues? Ah. I love that question. You know, there are three different parts of the mind. So a lot of people know two of them are very familiar with the cognitive, which is how you think. It's that thinking mind, that very conscious mind. And then the affective or emotional mind, um, that's the second mind. And that's so thinking your cognitive mind, that's where your um skills, knowledge, reasoning that happens in that area of the mind. The affect is where your motivations, your desires, your emotions, uh, what you're feeling, that part of the mind. And then there's a third part of the mind that people aren't very familiar with, and that's the cognitive part of the mind. And that is the doing part. So it's how do you act on those thought, thoughts and emotions um, comes out in the cognitive part of the mind. And everyone has a very predictable pattern of operating, of problem solving and striving when there isn't a specific direction. So if if you didn't, if you told me to solve this problem and you didn't give me a specific way of solving it, we will always default 
to our cognitive pattern. And so a lot of um, conflict can start in that cognitive part of the mind and it manifests emotionally. So it, it manifests in the affective, but it's, it, uh, it, the, the genesis of it or where it begins is really in that cognitive mind. So a lot of people are going around trying to solve an affective problem. Like they don't like me or someone just, you know, they're just mean to me all the time. And without understanding, nope, that's their pattern of problem solving that is directly uh, in conflict with your pattern of problem solving. And so that's why you always clash. So we, we can go in and identify these different cognitive patterns, these cognitive pieces. And when people understand those things, they realize, oh, wait a second, they're not purposely doing this to me. They're just doing it in a way that their brain is functioning. And now we have to just find a way to work this together and um, be conscious about how we are interacting with each other. Because well, the cognitive mind is... Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to take it. But the no, no, that's mind really super interesting about the cognitive part because I haven't heard that before. And but what I'm curious about is how did you get your expertise in this? Ah, interesting. But I did want to just say that the cognitive mind is subconscious, so we're not we have no real awareness of it that it's happening until you understand what your pattern is, and then you can be conscious of how you're operating in it. So I did this assessment um, back in 2016 uh, and for a coach. So I was working with a coach and she totally believes in this assessment. And so I did this to work with her and I just, it was such an eye opener for me. Um, one of my favorite quotes by Albert Einstein is, Everyone's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its entire life believing it's stupid. And so I felt like that fish. And when I took this test, this assessment, sorry, not a test, it's an assessment. When I took this assessment, it really released me from the trees, right? It, it made me stop doing things because this is the doing part of your, of your mind. It made me stop doing things the way other people said I needed to do it that I struggled with. Um, you know, I'm a person, you asked me at the beginning who I am. And I was someone who really struggled with my self-esteem, with my self-worth, with my value, because I kept coming up short, in my opinion, because it was such, it was so hard for me to accomplish things the way people said I needed to. Not that I couldn't do it. I, I did it, but it was a struggle. And when I learned this about myself, when I, I was really introduced to this tool and I learned it and I went deeper with it, I found my super strength. Like I found my, this is my zone of genius. And, and I was able to do things more with ease and flow because I understood this part of me. So it sounds like your superpower was unleashed. Oh, Once you <laughs> got to the core of who you are and how you learn, if you will. So um, did you take any specific training after you took the assessment yourself or yes. what did that entail? So I got certified in the tool in, in the Colby. So it's a Colby assessment, K-O-L-B-E. 
And Kathy Colby, who is the originator of the assessment. So conation has been around since the, I think the first writings about it was from Aristotle. And um, Kathy Colby, during um, she was a school teacher and she herself had dyslexia. And her father was the originator of the Wunderlich IQ test. So she always felt like there was another intelligence that we had that wasn't being uh, recognized because her father, she spent years, you know, with her under her father's um, business doing these IQ testing. And as a, a school teacher, a young school teacher, she would recognize that kids, when given problems to solve, each child had a very specific pattern that they would that was their go-to to solve the problem. And she's like, there's something in this and I need to do some more research on this. And that started her on the path of researching what this part of the mind was that was predictable and that was repeatable every single time. And it was the conative part of the mind. And so that um, she developed this, this assessment based on the result of your natural instinct. Because the conative part of your mind is where your instincts are, your drive, your mental energy. Um, it is your will, whether you will or won't. It's it's um, there's no judgment. It's not about uh, whether something is good or bad. It's all strength based, and it just is. So I thought this is amazing. I want to learn more. So I went for the I think it was three day certification. Um, course. And it was just, it was really eye-opening. So who would you say that this, not just this, this test, but um, what you do and how you help companies specifically, it sounds like you work with companies um, and correct me if I'm wrong, who would benefit or who are you for? I think that's what I'm trying to say, because there are certain people or certain companies, I'm sure that, you know, you prefer to work with over others. What are some of the qualifications, if you will, of who you are, who you are for and who you are not for? I love this question because not everybody wants to know. Right? Not everybody wants True to dig story. In. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to dig this deep. Not everybody wants to know how they are wired to operate. And so I want to work with those people that want to know and want to improve and want to understand how can I be the best me I can be and show up in the best possible way uh, for my for my employees, for my team, uh, for my family. Like, how can I be the best possible per- person I was designed to be? Those are the people I want to work with because digging into your conation. And I, I'm not just certified in, in Colby. I am also behavioral, a behavioral um, uh, assessment called predictive index. We do co- cognitive and behavioral assessments with that as well. But it's really about what are your blind spots? What are those caution areas that can turn someone off that you keep doing unconsciously that we can bring awareness to? So I want to work with you. If that's who you are, that's who I want to work with. 
I don't want to work with someone who's going to second guess and just say, oh, this is a bunch of baloney. Oh, I don't, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> you know, and I love that part of it because part of how I work with my clients is as, is an assessment that I created based off of the work of these um, two psychologists, if you will. And you have to know yourself before you can grow yourself. And it always boggles my mind how people don't want to know. They want they want to stay in um, their blissful ignorance. ignorance. And it's really costing them. It's costing them relationships. It's costing them wealth. It's costing them health. And the so more many. we know about ourselves and the more we are committed to being the best us that we can be in this world and then. And, and to our loved ones and even to ourselves, I oh. think the happier life we have, we have more wealth, more success, happier relationships, like all of the things, right? A hundred percent. But there 100%. are still people who are so afraid of what, what they're going to find when they get there. So mm-hmm. I love Fear the subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fear and insecurity. So, so true. So um, let's take a little break shall we, and have some water and stuff. But when we come back, Alicia, I want to talk about what makes a great leader and talk about the leadership part of this, because, you know, it's important to do this work when you're in any type of leadership, for sure. So we're going to be right back after this short break. stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun. Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition, not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Alicia Curry talking about audacious confidence, leadership, and we're also talking about our cognitive uh, parts of our brain. So this is really fascinating. But Alicia, what I find is most folks don't think of themselves as leaders. 
Yet we are all performing some type of leadership, whether it's at home, at work, or in our communities, you know, with our families. What universally would you say makes a great leader? Wow. You know, I used to be one of those people. I didn't think I was a leader because so many of us kind of subscribe that to a position or a title. Like you have to have this particular title to be a leader. And that's not true. Leadership is the ability to self-direct in a way that inspires and influences others. So anyone could be a leader at any time, at any level, because it's, it's how you're showing up, really. Um, that's leadership. How are you choosing consciously to show up in every given situation? Are you choosing to be a victim in the situation? Um, or are you choosing to be someone who takes responsibility and is ready to, to be of assistance. So I don't know if that answered the question, but that's like what came to me and through me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it, it's curious. I've had people say to me um, when I talk about leadership, oh, I'm not a leader. I could never be a leader. And, you know, in my opinion, you hit the nail right on the head when it came to influence, you know, um, great leaders, great influencers, if you will, um, have three things in, in common, in my opinion. They teach us how to think, not what to think. Mm -hmm. They challenge us mm. to be better. Yeah. But they also role model behavior. And you hit all of those on the head when you talked about leadership. I mean, when we have our families, we are role models in our families, mm -hmm. to our children, to our our partners and spouses and um, our parents were role models to us. There were, there's certain leadership that comes just when people see how you um, take responsibility, like you said, how you react or if you respond to challenges and situations, do you let your emotions lead you right. or do you um, choose consciously? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. You got to choose consciously. It's it. And leading yourself is the first place we got to lead. I mean, you can stay in your bed when your alarm goes off or you can choose to say, you know what? Nope. I need to get up and get ready because if I lay here five more minutes, I'm going to be late. That's leadership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That totally is. And then when, you know, people are watching you more than they than you think than they you are. think they are. It's so true. <laughs> it is so true. You may think people aren't noticing, but when you're out of integrity, when you're out of a congruence in your life, people are noticing that. And so one of the hallmarks of a leader to me is to be an in integrity to the word. And mm. they're, you know, you talked about the doing part of the brain, which is the cognitive part. Like I'm stuck on this. I got to research this more after talking to you. But you know what? It's what we do more than what we say. But when we what we say doesn't match what we do, we are out of integrity and our, our leadership is failing. 
So um, in the first segment, we talked a lot about um, strengths. When you talked about, and I've, I've been taking notes, I'm referring to my notes, you talked about the con- cognitive part of the mind, instincts, drive, mental energy, um, will, and strengths. And you talked about strengths a lot. How can we know what our strengths are? Come take the assessment. <laughs> that's one way. So okay. that, that's how you can understand your cognitive strengths. Um, uh, you know, there's, there are so many assessments out there that you can take to understand strengths. Um, but the, the, let's say the, the easy way is ask people, what is it that I do that you admire or that you find um, that I do well? Like, what are some things that I do really well? Because you'll be surprised at some of the answers that you get. Like, I had someone ask me to come teach time management. I'm like, me? <laughs> come teach time management? Are you kidding me? Because in my mind, I was not great at time management but they saw how much I got done in a day. They saw that back to what you're saying, that people see what you do. They saw me showing up on time or early for things. And they're like, and you have three children and you have, and you have a business and you have this, and you can still make time for that. You need to teach us how to do this. So your perception of yourself is not always accurate. So ask people. Oh, and that's oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Say that again. This Your needs to yes. this needs to land. This 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 is worth repeating. Say that again. Your perception of yourself is not accurate. It is not. And, and that could be a double-edged sword. Because right. some of us think we are all We're that all in that a bag of chips. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, you need mm. to knock down a few pegs. <laughs> exactly. But but it's not all bad, right? It's not right. Thing is, so um, I'm sure you know about the Jahari window. Um, of, I actually uh, don't. You don't. don't okay. Honest. So sweet. The Jahari window is this when you look at a window and has four panes. So in the first pane, it are things that you know about you and things that other people know about you. So that, that you know, those are the things that show up and you already know they show up. The second pane, the second window, and I'm, I'm not saying P-A-I-N, it's P-A-N-E, P-A-N-E. just anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. the well, second window pane. Window yes. pane, right. The second window pane is things that you know about you and things that others don't know about you. So those are the hidden things, your secret things, the things that you don't want other people to know about you. And then the third window pane is things that other people know about you that you don't know about you. So that's the one that shows up with um, other strengths and skills and stuff that you, you, just, you just do and you have no conscious awareness of what you're doing because it's so subconsciously ingrained in you. That's that part of that cognitive mind that you do it without realizing it. And so people will and say, man, you're such an organizer. You're so organized. But that might be something that you know and they know. They see it and you see it but then something shows up that you didn't realize, like time management. I'm like, oh, what? What? That's something I w- didn't have awareness around, but other people saw. And then the fourth pain is yet to be discovered. That's things about you that you don't know 
and nobody knows about you. And well, those cool. are the things that that's that's that that really exciting place where where personal growth lives, where you can you can really better your best every day and say, I didn't know I could do that. You know, acting, I didn't know I can act until someone put me in a movie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> All righty then. All righty then. So share with us, if you wouldn't mind, what your strengths are. Oh, my goodness. What are my strengths? So uh, so predictive index, like I said, I was, I'm, I'm um, certified in predictive index. So they describe me as an out of the box thinker, undaunted by failure. So I'm someone who is a risk taker, who um, is an innovator. I am a creative. Um, I am not mired in details. Uh, now I can do details, I can pay attention to details, but de I don't get mired in the details. I'm a visionary, a forward thinker. Those are some of my strengths. Now, when you talk about skills, what I can do, those are the skills now. Um, you know, like acting and writing and, and um, those fall under your skill set, but, but your strengths, those things that are innate to you that you do without thinking, mm, those are the it. things that we want to harness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about mine. I was recently described by um, my sister-in-law, you know, we were shopping in here in Germany and I had a vision for what I wanted, what mm -hmm. store to go into, found it, picked it, found the size, even for my husband's birthday present. And she was like, you did that in that. five minutes. Because Girl, I'm a you quick and I could shop. You yeah, and I could shop. <laughs> I'm a quick decision maker and I don't have the level of patience that uh, I'm, I'm still praying for. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I go in and I make a decision. I can scan, I can see, and I notice I'm really good at noticing yeah. things that other people don't notice. So, you know, this is fun, guys. Anybody listening, you should, um, you know, take some of these tests or really ask other people. I love what your suggestion to mm -hmm. ask other people what they see as your strengths and mm -hmm. ask yourself what you see as your strengths. Because I always saw mine, like my biggest strength was I could make a kick-ass leftover meal out of whatever was in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a skill. That is a skill oh, that, okay, you right. have, mm -hmm. that you have developed because you didn't come out of the womb like that. Kind of did because I started cooking creativity when I realized is a the strength. creativity Creativity part, is the strength. It's the, the creativity skill, and right. I can create the meal. That's what I mean. It is yeah, the creativity. Yeah. It is the creativity. And yeah, I was not a fan of my mother's cooking early on. So I really <laughs> taught myself how to be creative in the kitchen. So how can we tap into our strengths more consistently? Awareness. We have to build awareness so that we can operate them consciously so that they're not, um, they're not so subconscious or they're not unconscious to us. Um, if you look at your driving. So one of the things that I, I love to share with people is when you look at drivers, there are those uh -oh. cautious drivers. <laughs> no, I mean, they're the cautious by the rules, you know, uh, drivers, and then there are reckless drivers, 
And then there are those drivers who are so like them in the car are in tune with each other and, and they can see everything on the road and they can be reactive and responsive and, and um, make really great quick decisions on the road. Now, if you look at how you drive as a metaphor for who you are, then you can kind of see what some of your strengths are because being cautious wow. is not a weakness. Being cautious is a strength because you're not going to jump into or step into something that is, um, that is too risky that you don't have the, the, the resources or the details around. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that you can look at. A lot of times we have been labeled or labeling things as weaknesses when if you really look at it from a different angle, mm -hmm. it's really a strength. You have to put it in its right context. So that's what a lot of things like someone who you may look at as disorganized, but if you ask them for something, they know exactly where to go and find it. They're not disorganized. They have their own system, but it's just not culturally the system that people would say is an organized system. They have their own organizational system. They know where everything is. Like I am not like OCD, everything in, in its place and a place for everything that, that I like seeing it. I can't operate like that every single day. Like, but I know where everything is. But that's so, part of the visionary though, isn't that it? That is part of a visionary, exactly. Yeah, because you can see, like I always call myself, you know, my stuff is an organized mess, but visually that's why I still have to write. I can't type because it, it, it needs just, to be, yeah. It just, that's how it gets in my brain more, but visually I could see where I put it. Mm -hmm. So I and know so I can where send it somebody should be. Exactly where to find it unless someone else moved it. That's where it should be. Um, and so we have probably assigned that as, well, you're just disorganized. You're just a mess. Nope, nope, I'm not. This is my system of organizing. I have a system. You just don't understand my system. So don't label or judge it on, by your standards. So sometimes we get locked into our strengths being weaknesses because We've allowed someone else to label or judge it in one particular way, and we haven't looked at it and flipped it around. So if you have a weakness or someone has told you you have a weakness, think about it, flip it around and say, how, do, how can I use this to, as a value? How can I use this as a strength? And how can, and if you, can you use it to lead effectively? Because, right. you know, most people believe other people's opinion of them. And this is what I, you know, I mean about that. We don't have the strengths necessary to lead effectively. We're not productive. We're not organized. We're not this. So how can I be a leader? And then we, we take on that, that judgment, if you will, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. And it holds us back from stepping in fully into the powerful leaders that we are. Cause when we, when we um, talk further, I really want to go into this confidence part. So, you know, how we can still show up as leaders, what I'm hearing you say is take what has been labeled as a weakness of yours and correct me if I mess it up and flip it around and make it a strength, uh, your you own can. personal mm -hmm. strength. And that's how you can 
show up more effectively and have a bigger impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kathy Colby always says people need the freedom to be themselves. And that's when Mm. you'll be most successful. So when you give yourself the freedom to be yourself, that's when you can be the best leader that you can be. And you can be the most show up as the most powerful you that you can be. You are enough. Oh my God. That is so, that's a quotable quote, you know, the freedom to be yourself. And, you know, and I think that's what we need. We need to be set free to Mm -hmm. be ourselves and know that we are enough and we can be okay with that. So that is perfect. So this is a good time to take a break, I think. And When we come back, let's talk about the connection between how we lead at home and how we lead in our businesses and how we can show up more confident. Stay with us, guys. Come back. We're taking a short break. Don't go anywhere. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition, not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. What's stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun? Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Okay, we are back with Alicia Curry and we're talking about leadership and confidence now. So one of my favorite sayings is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yet we may feel more confident in the comfort of our own home than in the office or in the boardroom or out in the world. So how can we show up consistently confident in our leadership? Now, people may or may not like this answer, <laughs> but what, I've, what has worked 
for some of my clients and um, for a lot of people actually is creating for yourself an alter ego. Oh, <laughs> yes. So an alter ego is not a fake person persona or, or playing make-believe. It is thinking about who your most powerful self is dissecting what that is, like really understanding who this person is. If I were the most powerful me that I could be, how would I show up? Really cataloging what those traits are and what what that looks like. How do they dress? How do they speak? How do they show up in situations? And then you actually clothe yourself in that persona. So it's not something that's outside of you. It's something that came from within you, but your own fear and your own insecurities kept you from, from recognizing or, or um, acknowledging this person that's inside of you. And so by building out an alter ego for you, now you may or may not put it on, you may just build it out and, and look at it and think about it and study it for a little bit. You might even pull some elements from other people you admire into it and say, you know, I would love to have the, the strength of this person or the, the charisma of that person. Um, because the truth is what attracts you to someone when you look at them and you admire them, it's already inside of you. So if it's something that you admire about someone, it is already resident inside of you, but you are not recognizing it. So um, build yourself an alter ego, whether you use it or not, that's up to you, but build it out. And that is a way that you can show up powerfully in your work environment. And you will learn to be so comfortable in that, that it will become you. And, um, Cary Grant, Cary Grant, Marilyn Monroe, um, Beyonce, um, uh, oh yeah, Lady Gaga, <laughs> Lady Gaga. You know, there are so many celebrities. Um, what's his name? Beast Mode. Um, he's he's a running back for um the Seahawks. Uh, you know, there's so many people who use this this tool of, of an alter ego to help them perform at a higher level because the alter ego does three things. One, it kind of shields your fragile ego because if you put on this alter ego and you show up and someone criticizes it, it's not you they're criticizing. So it, it kind of shields your, your fragile ego. It allows you to suspend the disbelief about yourself. And the third thing is it really unveils and unlocks hidden potential and hidden um. Yeah, the hidden potential that's inside of you without you really realizing it until it happens. So it's a very powerful tool. What if, you know, I, I hear this alter ego and it sounds like fun and I'm definitely going to try it myself. But what if somebody, you know, we talked about congruency and, and being an in integrity in your word and stuff, and you kind of put on this alter ego, if you will, but 
inside you're still laden with doubt and disbelief and you don't have that that confidence. How does that work? It's about really building the alter ego from the core of who you are. So it's not just saying, well, I'm going to be JLo today, right? And you just put on JLo and you show up as JLo because that won't feel an integrity. If you build this, like I said, if you could imagine you stepping out as the most powerful you that you could be, you know, a lot of times we have conversations with people and then we look back and say, oh, I wish I said this and I wish I said that and I wish I did this and I wish I did that. Well, wish in advance, right? <laughs> Project that in advance, build it. And so, you know, you say, well, if I were like this, I would just say this when they said that. And so it's not being in, in, um, inauthentic. Because again, like I said, it's coming from within you. So there's a place within you that's going to recognize and, and adhere to it. And I'll tell you what happened with when I built my own alter ego. Because it was when I, I was stepping out, I, I had a lot of insecurities. I was very, um, I believed, I had this belief about myself that I was a behind the scenes person. I wasn't meant to be in front of the camera. I wasn't meant to be on stage. I wasn't meant to like all those things, but there was something on the inside of me. There was a kernel of uh, a spark inside of me that, that desired it, desired it, but I would deny it and I wouldn't acknowledge it because I believe, no, you don't belong there. Nope, that's not for you. That's for other people. And so when I, I started, um, I went through several coaching programs. And when I started building out my own programs for other people to work with me, this was one of the things that I did. I built an alter ego because I was going to teach people how to do that. And my alter ego was actually, I named her, she was a beauty queen. She didn't have a specific name like Sasha Fierce. It was just the beauty queen the beauty queen, right? <laughs> um, because when I looked at, at queens, at beauty queens and pageants, they were always poised. They were always beautiful, so well put together. And they, they were unflappable and graceful. All the things I said, I was goofy, right? All the things I didn't believe about myself. I didn't believe I was beautiful. I didn't believe I was poised. I didn't believe I was graceful. I didn't believe any of those things about myself, my own belief. So I built her out. She wore red lips and she had, you know, long hair. And she, I, I built her what she would wear, what she looked like, how she would walk, how she would talk. And that was the persona I used when I started stepping on stage to speak because I was petrified of speaking in front of people, but she wasn't. So I used her to step out on stage to speak. I still felt the nerves. I still felt my knees shaking, but because she didn't act in that way, I pulled it off. And so years of working with her, I 
resisted entering a pageant for like two years. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, no, I don't need a pageant. I'm already the beauty queen. I don't need a pageant, right? But when, once I realized that was all BS, right? That was all my own fear and insecurity speaking. And I, I did my own, like I have a process that I go through. I have my seven steps to audacious confidence. And I walk my myself through those seven steps of, to audacious confidence. And I made the decision to go to the pageant and I won. And I realized, and this was at 50 years old, having never done a pageant before. And I won and I realized that the beauty queen was already in me and I just gave her permission to exist. I gave wow. her permission. So the alter ego is, is someone that you're, you're giving yourself permission to be the best you that you can be. And you'll see Cary Grant said that, that I pretended to be Cary Grant until he became me or I became him. He's like, I don't know when it happened, but, um, yeah, it just, it just happens. And that ladies and gentlemen is why it's important to know yourself so <laughs> that you can tap into the best fiercest parts of you. So with everything that you do and everything that you are, and I love that story, by the way, what matters most to you? Oh, gosh. My relationship with God is first and foremost, my family and helping people be the best they can be. Beautiful. The best expression of themselves. So tell us about your seven steps to confidence. <laughs> to audacious confidence. Audacious confidence. Audacious confidence. <laughs> Because I no, am it's a funny brand. you should say that because um, I facilitated a retreat that was um, called the Audacity of Courage. <laughs> AC, that's my yes, initial, yes. So I'm AC. There you go. That's that's what I. That's why audacious confidence came to being because I was working with branding myself and finding something that was really powerful to to align with my brand and audacious confidence came out of me when I wasn't audacious and I wasn't confident. So I had to grow into my brand, right? I had so to is that up. one of the things, you know, I don't mean to cut you off before you answer that, but is that one of the things that you recommend people to do if they feel that they lack confidence is to really get clear on what they want to be that they don't feel they are already? Yes, it's, do the exercise of building yourself, building a personal brand that is going to like blow your mind, <laughs> you know? So building out a personal brand will definitely stretch you in ways that you didn't, that you, you weren't expecting. And um, so my seven steps, first, you love this one because you've said it a couple times already in this interview is to know yourself, to know yourself and love yourself. The second one is, is preparation. How are you preparing for, you know, how you step out? The third one is your passion and your purpose. How do you identify, you know, your passion and your purpose? Because that's what's going to give you confidence when you know what those things are. The fourth one is your spiritual tags. And I love this so much because it's your talents, your assets, your gifts, and your skills catalog those things, make a list, you know, write it down, 
What are your tags, your talents, your assets, your gifts, and your skills? The fifth one is resistances. What are you resisting? I have a coach and a mentor that's always asking. Every time you're like, oh, what are you resisting? Identify it. Um, is it worth resisting? Six, number six is building out your alter ego. And number seven is learning how to say yes and how to say no. Those are really important things. That's going to build your confidence so well when you know how to say no, especially as women. We need to know how to say no. You know, I'm, I can't wait to build out my alter ego, girl. You got me so excited now. Um, <laughs> and thank you for sharing all of that with us. That was really powerful. So how can folks get in touch with you? So alicia360.com is the best way to, to find me. And if you go to audaciousconfidence.com, there's a free um, uh, video of the seven steps. There's a downloadable that you can get it. So if I ran through that really quickly, it explains it in more detail that you can go to. Um, but if you go to Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A 360.com, it's on, it's listed there too. Awesome. Yeah. We definitely need to, to know what those seven steps are and, you know, work on them daily so that we can bring this audacious confidence to our lives. So thank you, Alicia. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Um, I also want to thank our listeners. Thank you for choosing to listen into the show today, or if you're listening to it on demand, because I'm really grateful that, that you are listening and, and finding something for yourselves on the show to help you focus on what matters most to you. And so, and I hope you'll find the time to join us again next week, because it's my intention to bring you powerful content and beautiful speakers that will help you focus on what's important now. So I always like to leave the show and the show, if you will, with a quote. And this quote is from C.S. Lewis. The future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, whatever he does and whoever he is. So until next time, everybody, it's been my pleasure to be with you today and share this show with you. Bye for now. See you next week. Thanks for listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. We hope we've been able to inspire you with today's show to take control of your own life and focus on the win. What's important now? Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.